This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Ashley MacArthur and Taylor Wright? First, I'll look at the background of this case. I'll move to the timeline of the crime and offer my analysis. Taylor Wright was a police officer in Jacksonville, North Carolina. She worked in this position for a year and a half after starting in 2008, left the job, then came back three years later for another six months. She moved to Pensacola, Florida after divorcing her husband, Jeff Wright, and worked as a private investigator. Using a dating app, Taylor found a new lover named Cassandra Waller, who was a public school administrator. Taylor moved in with Cassandra. Taylor had a few problems, which threatened her new relationship. For example, Taylor cheated on Cassandra with another woman who was from Mississippi. Taylor may have been using drugs, and she was arguing with her ex-husband about money and custody of their son. Taylor withdrew $100,000 from a joint bank account she had with her ex-husband. This was in violation of a court order. Initially, Taylor didn't seem too concerned about breaking the law. She started hiding the money. In August of 2017, Taylor gave $34,000 to a woman named Ashley MacArthur, who deposited the money in her bank account. Ashley had once been a crime scene technician for a sheriff's office. At this point, she worked in a family business which supplied amusement devices to bars, like pool tables, video games, and jukeboxes. Taylor knew Ashley for about a year when she gave her the money. The judge presiding over Taylor's divorce was not pleased with Taylor's poor decisions. She was ordered to return the money or she would be sent to jail. Now Taylor's attitude toward the law changed a bit. She informed Ashley that she needed the money back so that she could deposit it in an escrow account. Taylor sent a number of messages to Ashley over the course of several days, asking to go to the bank. Taylor said that she needed to pay child support and deposit money, or she would be held in contempt of court and go to jail. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. On September 8, 2017, at about 10 a.m., Ashley picked up Taylor at Cassandra's residence. Ashley and Taylor were planning on going to a Wells Fargo bank and withdrawing the money that Ashley was holding for Taylor. Ashley called Taylor's girlfriend, Cassandra, and said that there had been a change of plan. They did not go to the bank. Instead, they drove to a farm owned by Ashley's family in East Milton, Florida. This is about a half hour northeast of Pensacola. Ashley said that she and Taylor wanted to ride horses because Taylor was really stressed out and emotional about the whole divorce situation. At 7.58 p.m., Cassandra received a text message from Taylor's phone, which read, I'll call you later. I'm not angry with you, and I should have called, but I just needed to think. I'm trying to get my life organized and on track. Cassandra wrote several text messages back to Taylor, but Taylor never answered. Eventually, the police started investigating Taylor's disappearance. Ashley MacArthur was the last person to see Taylor, so naturally they wanted to speak with her. She told them that she and Taylor drove to the farm after purchasing beer 
at a convenience store. Taylor was just blowing off steam. Ashley then drove Taylor back to Ashley's residence, at which time Taylor left in an Uber, saying that she was going somewhere to drink more beer. Ashley thought that Taylor was probably fine, although she was concerned with Taylor's drug use. She thought that Taylor was not an easy target for a criminal offender because Taylor always carried weapons like knives or guns. She referred to Taylor as a strange girl. There was no activity on Taylor's Uber account, so the police suspected that Ashley was lying to them. They thought that she was involved in Taylor's disappearance. Over the next few weeks, Ashley kept calling the police and looking for updates, as well as supplying them with ideas about where Taylor could be. At one point, she said that Taylor had been using cocaine, so the police should look for her in alleys. The police eventually received cell phone records, which indicated that Ashley did not travel northeast to East Milton, Florida on September 8, but rather northwest to a farm off of Britt Road. In addition, there was a video of Ashley making various deposits of checks that were from Taylor, but the signature on the checks did not belong to Taylor. The police interviewed Ashley again. She admitted that the signatures on the checks did not look like Taylor's, but denied that she signed them. She admitted that she and Taylor had been at the farm on Britt Road. They went there because Taylor had some stuff in a lockbox she wanted to pick up. Ashley didn't tell the police because Taylor wanted to keep that a secret. After denying any knowledge of where Taylor was, Ashley asked for an attorney and left the police station. Not long after this, the remains of 33-year-old Taylor were found buried along the fence line of the farm on Britt Road. Her body was covered in concrete and potting soil. There was a bullet hole in the back of her head. Ashley was arrested and charged with second-degree murder, but later she would be indicted for first-degree premeditated murder. She was released on bail in February of 2018. In March of 2018, she was arrested and charged with racketeering, fraud, and arson. Investigators said that Ashley committed these crimes while managing her family business. Again, this is the amusement machine business. She allegedly embezzled thousands of dollars from two local businesses from 2015 to 2017. The police said that she set a fire to destroy the evidence. In January of 2019, Ashley was found guilty of racketeering and fraud, but not guilty of arson. She was sentenced to seven years in prison. I bet she was thrilled to have beaten that arson charge, but of course, there was still the murder part. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. In August of 2019, she went on trial for the murder of Taylor Wright. 42-year-old Ashley MacArthur was convicted of first-degree murder 
and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Now moving to my analysis. Was Ashley MacArthur actually guilty of murder? Let's take a look at the factors both for and against the idea that she was guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. Ashley was convicted of racketeering and fraud and accused of arson, so we see a pattern of criminality. Taylor trusted Ashley with a large amount of money. Ashley spent the money. Much of it was spent on a man with whom she was having an affair. He owned a bar. She came in contact with him through the family business. The man testified that Ashley told him that no one would ever find Taylor's body. The night before Taylor disappeared, Ashley told her friends that she was going to kill Taylor with cocaine. Ashley had just purchased the cocaine, and she planned on putting it in Taylor's beer. Ashley also said that the world would be a better place without Taylor because she was not a good person. Ashley was the last person to see Taylor alive. Ashley lied to investigators about where she and Taylor were on September 8. Ashley failed to mention to the police that she had gone to a different farm, one that was owned by her aunt. The name of the road that the farm was on, Britt, was a family name. Ashley's middle name was actually Britt. Surveillance video from Home Depot showed Ashley purchasing concrete and potting soil on September 9, the day after Taylor went missing. It appears as though Ashley forged checks in order to steal Taylor's money. She admitted to depositing the checks, although she denied the forgery. Moving to the exculpatory evidence, there were no witnesses to the murder, no video, no physical evidence connected Ashley to Taylor's murder, like there was no DNA, fingerprints, or anything like that. Ashley had a back injury, which may have prevented her from lifting Taylor's body, or a 50-pound bag of concrete, like the one she purchased from Home Depot. The concrete that she purchased at Home Depot was different than the concrete that was used to conceal Taylor's body. Ashley's family was doing construction work in a bathroom, which could explain the need for concrete. When weighing all the evidence, do I think that Ashley was guilty of murder? Yes, I think she was guilty in reality and guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. What do I think happened in this case? This is just a theory, my opinion. I think this was a case where two people's lives were spiraling out of control in different ways and for different reasons. Taylor was cheating on her girlfriend, using drugs, behind on her child support payments, and illegally taking money from her husband. Taylor had been trained in hand-to-hand combat. She carried a firearm, and she was a former police officer. Perhaps she considered herself to be invincible and able to beat the system. After being threatened with jail, she changed her mind. Taylor was not separated from the idea of consequences. She was trying to correct her mistakes. She wanted to get her life back on track. Even still, her life was in turmoil. Ashley was one of Taylor's friends. Her life was also in turmoil. She was embezzling money from two local businesses, having an affair, and using cocaine. When Taylor trusted Ashley with thousands of dollars, Ashley could not resist the urge to steal the money. So in this situation, we see that Taylor had illegally obtained the money and was trying to conceal it, She ended up hiding with Ashley, who, unbeknownst to Taylor, was currently stealing the money from her. Ashley was very determined to avoid taking responsibility. Unlike Taylor, Ashley was not willing to accept the idea that there could be consequences. Ashley was also driven towards sensation-seeking. 
She wanted to supply her boyfriend with money for his personal use and for his business. There is the sense that life was exciting for Ashley. When Taylor threatened to end the party, so to speak, Ashley decided to take action. On September 8, 2017, Ashley probably made up a story about the money being stored at the farm on Britt Road in order to convince Taylor to travel there with her. Maybe Ashley made up a story about wanting to buy the farm, which in a manner of speaking was not completely inaccurate, except that Ashley wanted Taylor to buy the farm. At some point when they were on the property, Taylor turned her back. Ashley shot her in the back of the head. She probably shot her right near where she was buried, which explains how she was able to move the body into the shallow grave. Ashley had once worked as a crime scene investigator, but did not seem to understand that her phone could be tracked by the police. She also didn't seem to realize that repeatedly asking the police for updates and changing her story looked suspicious. It was painfully obvious that Ashley was guilty. The fact that police departments hire people like Ashley MacArthur is one more reason that police investigations should be viewed with skepticism. If Ashley did commit the arson for which she was acquitted, this could represent the beginning of a pattern. Ashley took drastic steps in order to conceal her theft activity. In her mind, it was worth risking serious consequences to avoid minor consequences. There was probably never even a sense that she could be arrested and convicted. She probably took comfort in her own willingness to do anything to avoid responsibility and her expert training in crime scene investigation. Ashley's faith in her own abilities was badly misplaced. Now moving to my final thoughts. This case is a great example of how one person's low level of narcissism can block them from understanding another's higher level of narcissism. Taylor was so preoccupied with her own sense of entitlement that she did not see the extreme sense of entitlement in Ashley. Just like there is always a bigger fish in the ocean, there's always a bigger narcissist in the world of crime. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Allegedly is back for season two, a new crime every time. In each episode of Allegedly, you'll hear a crime told to you by the person who experienced it intermingled with actor portrayals, original music, immersive soundscapes, to create a cinematic experience for your ear. Season 2's stories include a young woman finding salvation in God, only to realize the leader of her church was running a sex cult, a case of a con artist swindling a kindly older man until he couldn't do anything to stop her, a landlord exploiting a mentally disabled man and keeping him a virtual prisoner, an act of bullying spinning a promising young man's life into total chaos, and a luxury boat captain inexplicably detained in a foreign prison with seemingly no hope of ever getting out. New episodes release every other week. Look for Allegedly from Voyage Media anywhere you listen to podcasts.